0: Stray Dogs, Happily Ever After Scrapbook. By Ms. Alex W.P. Chapter 1, I Got This. Harry, do you know what proposing means? Harry gave Sirius an incredulous look and put his hands on his hips. Padfoot, I'm eight years old. Of course I know what proposing means. Oh, okay, sorry, I was just making sure, Sirius said. Since you know all about it, I was wondering if you would help me propose to Mooney. You want me to help you propose to Da, I mean Mooney. The fact that Harry already called Remus, Daddy, half the time, because Teddy told him he was, allowed, to, never fail to make Sirius's heart swell. Would you? Sirius asked. Yeah. What do I have to do? Sirius looked around conspiratorially, leaned forward and motioned for Harry to come closer. Harry's eyes widened, and he crawled onto Sirius's lap, eager to be part of the plan. I need you to get him out of the house for a little while, Sirius whispered. Do you think you and Teddy could ask him to take you to the playground with the dogs? Yeah. Harry whispered back. And I can cry if you want me to. Use that as a last resort, Sirius said, stifling a laugh so you think you can handle it? It's a big job. Harry's chest puffed a little as he replied. Don't worry, Patty, he said. I got this. Chapter 2, The Surprise Can we come out yet? Remus called from the living room. No. We'll tell you when you can come out. Harry called back. But we need help. Teddy said quietly from the other side of the door, and Remus and Sirius exchanged a worried look. No, we don't. Everything is fine. Harry said back. Remus and Sirius had been banished to the living room while Teddy and Harry made a surprise for them in the kitchen. They'd been in there for an hour. With the door shut. You don't think they're burning the house down, do you? Remus whispered. They know they're not allowed to use the stove, Sirius replied, but he didn't sound convinced. He stood up and pressed his ear to the door, and Remus followed him, kneeling underneath him and doing the same. Just clean it up with a towel, they heard Harry say. But it's all sticky, Teddy replied, and Remus and Sirius exchanged a look. That doesn't sound good, Remus winced, and Sirius shook his head. You forgot the flowers. Teddy yelled. Shush! Harry hissed. There was a moment of silence, then the door opened abruptly. Remus and Sirius stumbled out from behind it and into the kitchen. Harry and Teddy stood shoulder to shoulder, and Harry counted in a whisper. One, two, three. Your anniversary dinner is served, the boys announced together, putting their arms up with a flourish. Teddy took Remus by the hand, and Harry took serious, and they dragged them across the kitchen, past the sink that was piled high with dirty dishes, past the puddle of sticky honey on the floor, which Ziggy and Bowie were busy licking up, and to the kitchen table. It was set with a tablecloth, the fancy china, and plates of dinner, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, two whole apples, Teddy and Harry still weren't allowed to use the sharp knives alone, two champagne glasses filled with milk, and two heaping, melting, dripping ice cream sundays In the middle of the table was a vase filled with flowers that were clearly pulled from the backyard, some with the roots still on the bottom and with dirt floating in the water. And above the table was a banner written in crayon and taped crookedly to the wall reading Happy Anniversary Daddy and Patty. Thank you. It's beautiful. Sirius said, kissing them both on the tops of their heads. Yes, thank you this looks delicious. Remus agreed, as they sat down. Bon appétit. Harry said, and Remus and Sirius tried not to laugh at how sweet and cute it was. Instead, Sirius raised his glass of milk and Remus did the same. Happy anniversary, Moony, my love. Happy anniversary, Pads. Chapter 3 Brambles You're eating them all, Teddy. No I'm not. Yes, you are. Harry said. Daddy, look, Teddy's eating all the raspberries. Remus looked over at Teddy, who wore the evidence of Harry's accusation all over his berry-stained face. Teddy, don't forget to put some of the berries in the basket, he said. We won't be able to make jam if we eat them all now. Granny Hope had set Harry and Teddy a very important task that morning to fill two huge baskets with as many raspberries and blackberries as they could carry. The morning mist was still rising from the trees when the boys took off down the rolling hill behind her house, pushed open the wooden garden gate, and picked their way through the winding, wild brambles, plucking the fat fruits from the bushes and dropping them into their baskets. Or in Teddy's case, simply eating them straight off the vine. Sorry, Daddy, said Teddy, who was now making quite a show out of carefully adding the berries to his basket and only eating a few when he thought no one was looking. Good morning, sunshine, said a voice behind Remus, and he turned to see his husband walking toward him, still in his pajamas, and carrying two cups of coffee. Morning, darling, Remus said, kissing Sirius and taking one of the cups. Thank you. Sirius wrapped an arm around Remus's waist and pulled him close. Remus leaned his head on Sirius's shoulder and watched the boys as they wandered further into the quiet woods. Having fun? Sirius asked. Yeah. Not many of Teddy's berries are actually making it into the basket, though. Can't blame him for that, Sirius said. I did the same thing when I was a kid in my grandmother's backyard, Remus said. I certainly didn't," Sirius laughed. In fact, I don't think I've ever picked a raspberry in my life. Or anything else for that matter. What? That's so sad. Well, the blacks aren't exactly one with nature," Sirius said. Come on, you can do it now, then," Remus said, and he took Sirius by the hand, led him toward the brambles, and within an hour— both boys had filled their baskets and Sirius's lips were just as berry-stained as Teddy's. Chapter 4 Frog Many years later, whenever Harry or Teddy heard the phrase, a million to one shot, they would remember the frog that sailed through the air and landed right on top of Teddy's head. It was a Saturday afternoon like any other, With Harry and Teddy sitting on the back patio drawing in sidewalk chalk while their excitable spaniels, Ziggy and Bowie, chased each other around the garden. Teddy had just chosen a piece of red chalk to draw the cherry on top of his banana split when he felt something land with a gentle thump on top of his head. He dropped the chalk and reached up to investigate. Ugh, he cried, feeling something solid, but squishy and cold, under his hand. Harry dropped his chalk two, and jumped to his feet, his eyes wide. Daddy. Patty. Teddy has a frog on his head. Harry cried, pointing at his little brother. Their fathers looked up from where they were sitting in lawn chairs with glasses of wine and hurried over. What on earth? Remus said, bending down to inspect his son's head. Teddy has a frog on his head. Harry repeated. So he does," Sirius nodded. He leaned over and scooped the frog into his hands, cupping it gently as it tried to hop away. A closer inspection revealed that the frog was actually injured. It had a small cut on its soft belly. A bird must have caught it and dropped it out of its mouth, Remus said. And Teddy caught it on his head, Sirius agreed, ruffling Teddy's hair. A million to one shot, kiddo. You should buy a lotto ticket tonight. And that's how the Lupin Black household became a frog infirmary and rehabilitation center for the summer. With the frog safely stashed in a glass jar with holes poked in the top, Sirius, Remus, Teddy, Harry, and the dogs piled into the car and headed to the pet store where they bought a small terrarium and water bowl. When they arrived home, the boys took to the backyard— grabbing leaves, sticks, twigs, and moss to recreate a very convincing frog habitat. It was a considerable upgrade from either the jar, the jaws of a bird, or Teddy's head. But what will Trevor eat? Teddy asked that evening, for they had named the frog Trevor. Moths, of course. Harry answered, and immediately opened the back door and jumped, grabbing at the air around the porch light around which many moths fluttered. Sirius and Remus looked at each other, trying not to laugh as their son attempted, unsuccessfully, to catch a moth in his hand. He was several feet too short for the job. How about I try? Remus offered, and within a few seconds, had a moth flapping about in his cupped hands. Sirius opened the top of the terrarium and Remus dropped the moth inside. The four of them watched as Trevor's eyes darkened. The frog moved slowly, Stalking his prey, then. Hop! The moth was eaten in a flash. Trevor's humans cheered, Ziggy and Bowie barked madly, and the summer continued much like this for several weeks. You know, Sirius said one afternoon a few days before school was about to begin. I gave Trevor a checkup this morning, and I reckon he's all healed and ready to be released back into the wild. Harry and Teddy looked at each other glumly. They knew this day would come, but were still sad to say goodbye. How about we take a walk into the backwoods and pick the perfect spot for him to live? Remus said. So that's what they did. Harry and Teddy ran ahead and found a tree whose bark was the exact dappled brown color and texture as Trevor's skin. Here's good, Harry said bravely. When he saw that Teddy was crying, he put an arm around his little brother's shoulders. Trevor will be happier here than in our bedroom. Teddy nodded tearfully, and reached into the terrarium. Goodbye, Trevor. Thank you for landing on my head, he said, before placing him onto a branch. Trevor sat very still for a moment, as though reveling in his new freedom, and hopped away. Teddy reached for Sirius's hand, Harry took Remus's, and the four of them walked back to their house to have dinner and a special dessert of mint ice cream in honor of Trevor, since both Trevor and the ice cream were green. Daddy? Harry said, climbing into Remus's lap after dinner. Yes, darling? Remus answered. Can we get a snake? Chapter 5 Monster Serious? Harry? Teddy? Remus arrived home late after a faculty meeting and expected to find his family in the midst of their usual bedtime bustle of brushing teeth, putting on pajamas, and reading stories. But when he stepped inside, the house was unnaturally quiet. Even their dogs, Ziggy and Bowie, didn't run to the door and bark his arrival like they usually did. Hello. Remus called as he climbed the stairs. Up here, Daddy. Daddy. Harry's voice replied, and Remus followed it into Harry's and Teddy's bedroom. Hi guys, what, what are you doing? He was greeted by five pairs of legs, and two wagging tails, sticking out from under the bottom bunk. There was a monster under the bed, Daddy, came Teddy's muffled voice. So Patty's catching it. And Ziggy and Bowie are helping. Harry chimed in. A second later they all emerged and Remus exploded with laughter. Teddy and Harry wore their matching bluey pajamas, along with dinosaur masks and oven mitts. Sirius wore oven mitts, too, plus swim goggles and a plastic firefighter hat. The boys clutched flashlights while Sirius brandished a hot pink butterfly net. Caught it. Sirius declared, standing up and holding the net in the air triumphantly. He leaned in to give Remus a kiss but instead bonked him on the head with the brim of the hat. And what do you plan on doing with the monster? Remus asked. I thought I might flush it down the toilet, Sirius said, but both boys yelled in protest. No, Patty. Harry said, jumping up and down. You have to let it outside. Teddy agreed. And so, dogs in tow, they trudged downstairs and opened the front door. Sirius stuck the net outside, shook it out, and shooed the kids back up to bed. A few hours later, Remus and Sirius were awoken out of a sound sleep by a tearful knock on their bedroom door. What's the matter, Ted's? Remus asked blearily as the little boy climbed into bed with them. What if, what if he's cold? Teddy sniffed. Who? Sirius asked, rubbing his back. The monster. Will you get him back, Patty? Of course, love, Sirius said, kissing him on the head. Don't forget the net, Remus told Sirius. And the firefighter hat was pretty cute, too. Finite. Thanks for listening to this text-to-speech podfic composed by Burning Aurora.